You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all of our podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It's Wednesday, and we are now through two days of organized team activities. Remember, these are... Not mandatory practices. Mike McCarthy expressed his disdain for the CBA and the things that you are and aren't allowed to do at these sorts of practices. That's why Paha Clinton Dix is not there. Tremont Williams not there. Uh, Tom Brady, not in New England. These are not mandatory practices. And so guys don't have to be there. Now, we're going to talk about some of the guys who were not practicing in the open practice on Tuesday. We don't. Obviously have a lot of information about what happened on Monday just because, first of all, it's the first day of practice and we don't want to overreact to any of this. You know, I don't I don't care who was taking first team snaps at this point. I don't care that Jamal Williams was the first team running back and Ty Montgomery was third with Aaron Jones in the middle. I don't care. It doesn't matter yet. But whether a player is there or not technically doesn't matter, though I would I would guess that haha Clinton Dix not being at OTAs has more to do with him not having a contract after this season. Maybe it was just a scheduling thing and maybe he just doesn't feel like he needs to be there. Who knows? I'm not that worried about it, but this is the first opportunity we get to see some of these guys. It's the first opportunity we get to hear from them in an official capacity. Obviously, a lot of these guys are are famous And they speak to radio stations and reporters and they go, you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going to charity events and you're going to golf tournaments and you're doing things that put you in the spotlight and people are going to ask you questions. They're going to bring up what happened in the offseason. And and Rodgers has never been afraid of of making comments on things he feels like he can make comments on. And And he did that again on Tuesday when he was asked about... Des Bryant. And one of the reasons he was asked about Des Bryant is because Devontae Adams was not participating in practice. Now, apparently he he took a running start and leapfrogged a referee who was standing straight up. So he, he allegedly is dealing with a hamstring injury, but basically seems fine. I think the, the Packers are probably trying to save his legs. The reality is the Packers need these young receivers to be getting the reps. And it's important for those rookies, for those young players, guys like Michael Clark, even Geronimo Allison, to be getting those reps with Aaron Rodgers because they're going to be called upon. But I thought Aaron's comments on Dez were interesting. He said, we like young receivers, so I'm assuming that's the way that they're going to keep going. I don't know why you'd cut Jordy and bring in Dez, but he's a talented player and he's going to end up somewhere. If he ends up here, we'll obviously welcome him with open arms and get him up to speed as quick as possible. Now, I've made my opinions on this clear, the Jordy versus Dez Bryan thing. I think 
you know, if you're Aaron Rodgers, maybe you view it as someone like Jordy Nelson has a lot left to give. I don't. And if I'm the Packers, I understand why I would rather have Des Bryant than Jordy Nelson. But clearly, they don't desperately feel like they need a Des Bryant character. And one of the reasons why they they feel that way is probably because they have Jimmy Graham. And even after just two days of practice, Graham has impressed his quarterback. Here's what Rodgers said about Graham. He said, the guy is pretty damn talented. He's got different elements that we haven't had around here in a while with his ability to read coverages really quickly. He catches everything with his hands. We're pretty excited about him. I think Rodgers, who is incredibly cerebral, who works really hard on the mental aspects of the game. No one studies and prepares harder than Rodgers. And he demands that of the players around him. He demands that his receivers understand the adjustments and the routes and making reads because I know a lot of people think a receiver's job is to just, oh, you have a post, so I just need to know the footwork and I just need to get open. Well, that's true at times, but there are so many moments in modern football where a receiver has to be reading coverages. He's got to be reading defenders. He's got to be reading leverage. He's got to be reading coverage. He has to be doing so many things from pre-snap to, to during his route, if the corner is bailing, he may snap his route off. If he's pressing, he may try and go by. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that these guys have to play on the mental side. And clearly, after two days, Rodgers recognizing Graham's mental acuity as a pass catcher, that is that is a bigger deal than just saying, yeah, he looks good. Saying he reads coverages quickly. Obviously, you want him to catch everything. That was the big problem for Martellus Bennett. He was open. He couldn't make a catch. And Jimmy Graham has had some problems with drops the last two years, but he's also going to make incredible plays. He's going to physically dominate you, and he's still capable of that. He still looks capable of that. And I think, you know, there was a discussion going on on Twitter, and it was had in the Acme Packing Company Slack channel about what happens if Devontae Adams does miss some time. It doesn't seem like this injury right now is serious, but he's had some injury issues. 2015 obviously played most of the year with an injured ankle. By the time he finally got healthy in the Washington game, he gets hurt again, misses the Cardinals game. I mean, this was a problem for him. And he's not a huge overpowering receiver. He needs his faculties. He needs his change of direction ability. He needs his leaping ability. He can't play 80% and be maximally effective the same way someone like, for instance, Des Bryant or even Julio Jones. Some of these bigger physical receivers can just bully dudes. Well, Devontae can't do that. And so what is the position this offense is in? When when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL in 2015, the Packers had a, a second-year Devontae Adams who spent most of the year hurt. They had Randall Cobb. They had Eddie Lacy who was overweight and out of shape and not explosive, and they had a ton of injuries across the offensive line, and they didn't have a reliable tight end. So the offense sputtered. It was it was the worst Rodgers has ever played, and it, this offense just looked like it was a mess, and it carried over into 2016. So if, if Devontae Adams, you know, God forbid, has to mi- miss six weeks, eight weeks, what does this offense look like? And the point that I have tried to make is this offense is much better equipped now 
than it was then to deal with it. If for no other reason than they have a stable of running backs who can provide balance. I think Jimmy Graham for James Jones, I would much rather have Graham than Jones just because of the matchup problems he creates. Obviously, you'd rather have 2015 Cobb than 2017 Cobb. But that version of of Randall Cobb, even though he was three years younger, he also dealt with some injuries that year. But if you go beyond that, and you look at the other receivers that were on that team, Jared Abraderis, Jeff Janis, and Richard Rodgers, those were the other pass catchers. Well, now those other pass catchers are Geronimo Allison, Lance Kendricks, Michael Clark, and three very talented rookies. I would much rather have that group. So I think this team is much better equipped. This coaching staff is much better equipped. And I think I think from a depth standpoint, they're just better suited to weather those kinds of injuries that are inevitable. I mean, late on Tuesday night, it broke the Chargers, who are a dark horse AFC contender, lost their tight end, Hunter Henry, to an ACL injury. He's going to miss the entire season, it looks like. And so their season, it's not over before it starts, but they take a huge hit. Not every team is built to sustain those injuries, and every team is going to have injuries. The Packers are already dealing with some. Brian Bulaga not practicing because he's recovering from major surgery. Lane Taylor is not at the OTAs right now because he's recovering from an offseason ankle surgery. Nothing serious. He said he's going to be ready for training camp. Just needed to do some cleanup. But Green Bay now has players it feels comfortable putting in there. Jason Spriggs can come in and play right tackle if they need him to. Kyle Murphy can come in and play right tackle if they need him to. They have Lucas Patrick. They have Cole Madison now. They have some guys that they can slide in there. They have better depth at the offensive line than they did last year, in part because they faced so many injuries. But this is why you have to be you have to be confident in playing your young guys. You have to be confident in your coaches to get them ready because those reps that they get, maybe they struggle early, but then the next year when they're needed, when they're called upon, you can trust them. So I don't I don't say any of that to be an alarmist about the Devontae Adams injury. I don't think we should be. But it's important to hear from the quarterback. He has a, a, a he feels a type of way about Dez, but he also feels a type of way about Jimmy Graham. And he's obviously excited about that matchup. I think we're gonna see a lot of targets, especially early from Jimmy Graham. I think Rodgers is gonna try and find ways to get him involved in the offense early, make him feel like he's a part of this. The Packers did a lot to try and get Martellus Bennett involved, and I think that they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing with Graham. Rodgers clearly wanted to use that mismatch player. He loved having Jared Cook, loved having Jermichael Finley, and he loved having Martellus Bennett until that went completely south. So expect Jimmy Graham to be a big part of this offense. And I think his talent, his mismatch ability can be the difference in in this offense without Jordy Nelson. I understand that there's no recreating that that connection, but there's also no accounting for the difference in the physical abilities that Graham has versus Nelson. If you don't need ESP when you're 6'7", 255, and you run 4'5", you can just get, you just are open. And when you have the most accurate quarterback in football, the strongest arm quarterback in football that gets you the ball, that's all you really need. 
Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. I'm trying to give it to you for free. That's free money. And it is free data, and there's so much of it there. They're constantly expanding. They announced on Tuesday they now provide information for all 32 teams in the National Football League. Have the data the pros have. I'm trying to give it to you for free. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to enter. The Packers are practicing, which means there's already injury issues. Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, not practicing. I told you no, Tremont, no haha, Clinton Dix. Not injury related, but just not at OTAs. And Clay Matthews made it clear how he felt about the depth of this outside linebacker group for the second straight year. Last year, remember, he basically said, I need some help. And Nick and I need some help. But mostly, he said he needed some help and he needed these younger guys to step up. And by and large, they did not. And Clay is looking around the room going, who's going to help? Who is going to be there for me? Who is, who is going to pick up the slack? Because I can't do it all. And he gave, he gave a pretty long and pretty involved quote. He said, well, I wasn't surprised with the first two picks. I'll go ahead and say that. But obviously, you look at the depth at the outside linebacker position, and it's not that great. That's not a slight to the guys who are behind Nick and myself. But you look around the league, a lot of times they're rotating in pass rushers. You can look a couple years ago when we had Mike Neal and Julius here, Dayton as well. We had a pretty good rotation. Sometimes I'm sure it doesn't work out that way in which the front office wants. And obviously they only get so many picks and only have so much cap money to spend. I'm happy with the picks they made. And at the same time, it does show, you know, their confidence in Nick and myself as well as the guys we have. At some time, I'm sure it will be addressed. But for the time being, the guys we have here are the guys who have to hold up their end of the bargain. Clay Matthews basically said, we, we need to bring someone in. We need to get better. And they did that last year when they brought in Ahmad Brooks after cuts. Michael Kendricks was cut on Tuesday. Not an outside linebacker. He's an inside linebacker. But there are going to be guys in OTAs post-June 1 who are cut for salary cap purposes, not because they're not decent to good players. And Green Bay could have the opportunity to get better. Now, now teams generally don't just throw pass rushers away. But I'm not saying you have to throw anyone away. There could be quality rotation level pass rushers that are out there on the market. And Green Bay can add them. I mean, that will be an option for them. And I think that's something they should look into doing. Now, I I have said and written that I think Vince Beagle is going to play an integral role in this defense. And Mike Patton is going to is going to find creative ways to scheme guys free. I think that's one thing that that maybe if Clay sees this defense eventually in action and sees that Mike Patton is very adept at getting the most out of sub sub talent players, guys who are not you know superstar talent, he can maximize. He can find ways to make them productive and create pressure and get sacks. And give guys in the back end time to make plays. Give them the ability to find the ball and make plays on the ball. And there was one little note from the Mike McCarthy press conference that I I think I probably focused on a little bit more than, than most. 
And that was a comment that McCarthy made about the communication between Joe Philbin, the offensive coordinator, and Mike Patton, the new defensive coordinator. And this seems like a simple principle. You would think that the offensive coordinator would offer some input to the defensive coordinator and vice versa. This is how I would attack you. This is how this is an adjustment I would make off this. This is how I would do this. This is how I would attack you this way. And you would think that's just a normal part of NFL life. And it's really just not. It's really not. And it should be. And I think smart teams do this better than other teams. The Patriots are because they they reevaluate and adapt their game plan every week. They're in constant communication. And I always, I always, always, always have wanted Mike McCarthy to be able to go to Dom Capers and say, hey, Dom, I think this is the thing. I mean, what did I say all offseason? And what did I say all during the season about the, about the Packers playing man coverage? All of the times that Green Bay's offense has struggled in the Aaron Rodgers era, it's been teams that play press man coverage because timing and rhythm is so important to these modern passing games that if you can throw that off and a team doesn't have a big-time virtuoso talent at receiver like the Packers haven't since prime Jordy Nelson, now maybe they have that with Devontae Adams, and I think you could make a good case that Adams displayed that trait last year. I mean, there are times against the best corners in football, he's just roasting them. I mean, he beat... Jimmy Smith in that Ravens game more than once just cooked him and and Hunley couldn't get him the ball. And yet it never it never clicked for Capers to say, yeah, we're just going to do that. We're going to be aggressive with our corners and we're going to put them at the line of scrimmage rather than give up 10, 15 yards, just easy completions. If it were normal for teams to do it, teams would be better. But I think people get so bogged down and I've, I've you know, this is not just speculation. I've talked to coaches about this and everyone gets so bogged down in their own issues and dealing with their own stuff that maybe for a week, you know, when they have the self scout and in the off season, they'll talk. That's what you always hear. You'll hear a head coach come back. Mike McCarthy will talk about this. Well, we, you know, we had the, the position coaches talk with their corresponding position coaches and do a little self scout. And that was during the off season. Well, what about during practice? What about during the week? Why can't these adjustments be made on the fly? Hey, you're running this combo coverage. Here's how I would attack it, and here's how I think you could adjust. Or, hey, here's how we would defend this this concept that you guys are running. Maybe here's something that you can do off it. Maybe find something to do off of it. So the fact that the offensive and defensive coordinators are already talking, already communicating, Mike Patton is a naturally curious guy. He wants to find ways to get better. And I think Joe Philbin is a similar type dude. He's obviously an old school football coach in his approach. But in terms of his creativity in designing offense, he's adaptable. He is creative. And so if if Pettin can come in and say, I think this is something that we need to do more, we need to be more receptive, we need to be more communicative, and the fact that Mike McCarthy is is recognizing it on day two that this is happening and that it's good for the football team. It seems like everyone understands the potential value here 
it clearly was not happening before. I mean, if you need any evidence that this is not normal, Mike McCarthy went out of his way to point it out. At the very least, it hasn't been normal in Green Bay. And so I, I don't think we can take away much from what's going on early in these in these practices. Some nice quotes, some nice headlines. We're not going to learn much about the players, but I think this is one of those little keys that, I, that could be the difference in elevating both sides of the ball for the Green Bay Packers this season. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Catch up with everything around the league with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. All right, we'll have another show on Friday, and then remember the Memorial Day schedule is going to be a little bit tweaked. No show on Memorial Day. We're going to go Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Friday will be mostly just a cleanup day. And in that June bubble is when we'll get the Greg Jennings interview because there's a little bit of a break. We have OTAs, and then there was a break until training camp. So there's there's not going to be a lot going on. That's when I'll bring you that Greg Jennings interview. Remember, we always have content for you at AcmePackingCompany.com. Right now, we're, we're going through the top 90 players on the roster as ranked by our staff. I just wrote 21 through 30 on Acme Packing Company yesterday. You can go find that there. We're, we're going to be counting down to one. You can find the old pieces there. I'm actually doing the top five, so keep an eye out for that. There's always good Packers content at fansided.com, profootballweekly.com. I'm always tweeting out articles that I liked. I tweeted out that Michael Cohen press coverage article. If there's good stuff in the Packers ether, send it to me. Tweet me at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can send it to the podcast at Locked on Packers. You should be following both of those Twitter accounts. And you should be looking at everything that we post at LockedOnPackers.com. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you be the best Packers fan that you can be. That means being focused, being engaged with the team. That's why you listen to the show. That's why we do the show as often as we do. So you can always be caught up. You can always be engaged. And you can always be locked on Packers.